0: This is Coffee at KYUK, conversation between friends and neighbors. Come in and have a cup. Joining us for coffee is Michelle Spark, Director of Strategic strategic Initiative with Cook Inlet Tribal Council, who is leading an effort to get more Alaska Natives to vote in elections. Here to speak with her is KYUK's Francisco martinez Cuello. Good morning you good morning hi yes uh, so yeah talk to me about um, what are your plans
1: yeah Francisco um, I'm that's all born and raised um, actually I was born in Anchorage with my other two sisters were triplets um, but we were raised in Bethel and Chivak. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, (laughs) so I grew up listening to KYUK. It woke me up in the morning, uh, (laughs) got me informed, and uh, got me to be an active citizen. So I've been in, uh, you know, high school. I was in student government, and I won an internship with Senator Stevens' office right out of high school, and um, I kept a job with him through college in uh, D.C., and I've just... You know, been involved in politics ever since, and I am actually director of Get Out the Native Vote. We just happen to be housed under the Cook, and Cook Tribal Council here in Anchorage.
0: Well, wow, it's it's impressive. So, <clears throat> so why is the Native Vote so important? Can you explain?
1: Well, you know, with the uh, the last census in twenty twenty, as flawed as it may be, and the fact that maybe it's undercounted by as much as ten percent. Mm-hmm. statewide, we account for 18% solid uh, as a demographic, um, 18% of the state's population. But given the mixed race, which a lot of us are, mm-hmm. myself included, uh, Mary Congressman Mary Paltola included, mm-hmm. we make up um, 22% of the state's demographic. Wow. And if we came out as a voting force, which none of us You know, are going to all vote the same, but we can affect a quarter of the race of any of any race. So it's it's an impressive swing vote if it's a swing vote, or it can be a decisive um, action if we all came out. And if if you don't mind, I want to throw some stats in here to give us some perspective. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to talk around uh, once once you hear it. Um, I'm not a statistician. I just happen to be looking at really old, um, old and current stats on voting turnout and and, the, and everything around voting behavior because mm-hmm. I, I used to hear as a kid. I used to hear that villages had close to 100% voter turnout, mm-hmm. and and it's true. I've gone through the records, and oh my gosh. Um, let me tell you this. So June, the June special primary was in response to Congressman Young passing away. Right. And we had to choose from 48 candidates, one person. So we have open primaries now under the new law. It mm-hmm. used to be closed primaries, so you had to be affiliated with the party in, in order to be able to choose the candidate that was going to go on the general election ballot for the rest of the state. Mm-hmm. Now, when you put it that way, it doesn't seem very fair that, you know, um, uh, super voters, you know, people people in the party politics are, are the ones deciding who you're going to vote on. Right. Open primaries changes changes that so that anyone with a dream and 50 bucks can mm-hmm. file and run for office. Now, the problem was we were overwhelmed with the selection. You know, originally 52 people ran and registered to run for Don Young's seat. Wow. That's you know, Mary Peltola, um you know, being one of them. Um, and, and so um, four people dropped out. So we only had to worry about 48 candidates on that pick one primary in June. Right. And it was all by mail because it was, you know, they were, the Division of Elections was scrambling to make sure an election could happen and how could they do it without certain poll workers, election workers, translators, this, this, that, and whatever. So we did not do well with it. District 38, I'm talking about. I'm talking about the Buffalo region. Right. And we have, for our region, we have 11,865 registered voters. Only 1,860 people voted. They bothered to find that thick envelope from the Division of Elections, open it, read the instructions, or maybe not, pick a name they, they were familiar with, and then they were supposed to sign it and have it hand-canceled at the post office hmm. and um, have a witness sign it and send it back. Well, a lot of people neglected uh, one or all three of those parts. So, unfortunately, we had 362 ballots thrown out in June. Wow. So that, that actually triggered a lawsuit. You know, we're worried about voting rights. We're, work, we're worried about translations. You know, things get, that get lost in translation for our people. And, you know, that was only a 15, less than a 16% voter turnout. Wow. And, and in August, let me flash forward, uh, with a little bit more voter education and the fact that most villages prefer to vote in person, and I don't blame them. Um, but not every community has a setup. Um, even if they had an, a poll worker agreed to commit to that, sometimes that falls through. So if, if we don't find a, a person to step in, then some communities are left out, which, which we've seen happen. But in August, we had 11,024 registered voters 2,040 people came out to vote now that's a little bit of an improvement that mm-hmm. was 18 and percent that came out to vote and we only had 18 rejected ballots so that was that was a better turnout and less rejection and you know but you know considering we we finally elected the first yupik and alaska native um congressperson in the state's history right. um uh, a less than 19% turnout for her, you know, was, was not, um, was not awesome. So, uh, flash forward again to November 8th, which is the midterm. And, and to be fair, I guess I should say, most Americans, and I say this ubiquitously, uh, most Americans only vote every four years, and that's right. for a presidential election. Right. So, this kind of turnout, I was proud of, you know. Three elections in six months, you know, you can get voter fatigue. People are like, what? What do we have to do again now? Right. Um, so in November, we had 10,996. So each each election this year, this last year, um, we had less registered voters. And that's because people move, obviously. Mm-hmm. And if they update their registration, then it's reflected that way, right? So less, less than 11,000 voters in November in the midterms and 3,763 people voted, and that was a, almost a 35% voter turnout, and we only had 27 rejected ballots. So we did better performance-wise in every election, mm-hmm. but it's still a pretty low voter turnout. Um, McCrory was a high. They they had uh, 64 out of 135 people voted, and that was almost a 50% turnout. Right. But I want to point out in 1982... Ninety-four out of 111 registered voters came out in McCoreyak, and they had almost an 85 percent voter turnout. Wow! And this this was an off year, right? It's not a presidential election. Akiak, uh, another high for the region um, in November, had uh, 46.5 percent voter turnout. That was 119 out of 256 people voted. Hmm. But in 1982, 108 out of 126 voted, and that was almost an 86% voter turnout. Wow. Now, I don't want to shame anybody. I, I would never do that. But Nuchtak, you know, does have issues with, with their relocation efforts, and, you right. know, their population is, is uh, mixed up between them and Um So they had a pretty low voter turnout for the region. But in 1982, 71 out of the 95 registered voters voted, and that was a 75% voter turnout. Hmm. So we'd like to see what this disconnect is, what happened through these decades that have changed people's, you know, thinking about civic duty, civic engagement. You know, a lot of our people serve on the traditional council. They serve on the city council. They serve on their um, corporation uh, whether it's local or regional. And so there's a lot of voting going on everywhere all the time. You know, school boards and, and whatnot. But, you know, what, what, for me, with Get Out the Native Vote, I would like to see what made us such super voters at one time and how are we getting to these numbers now. And, you know, if, if we're doing better, and I will study the, the presidential ele- year elections trends too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we do have a better turnout then, but I'd like to see what changed and what can we do to do better, you know, with the turnout and also with educated voters that people know what they're voting about.
0: And so what, what other barriers are there? Do do you think, is it, is it, um, is it a a translation piece? Is it the, um, you know, the, 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 the mail in ballots or um, these national measures to kind of make you know voting more difficult or
1: yeah, no, I appreciate that question. Um, i I'm not subscribing to any kind of conspiracy theory when I say we don't do well by mail, mm-hmm. and it's not because of of anything trying to thwart it. Things do get lost in translation, even with the translated booklet voting booklets yeah. that are sent out you know, a a lot of people aren't going to slog through that kind of stuff. And it's easier to vote in person. Like I said earlier, we prefer to vote in person. And there's a comfort level in that. You have people who know you that are are checking your ID or don't even have to check your ID. They're going to vouch for you. They're going to give you your ballot. If you have questions, you're not embarrassed or shy to ask them, you know, how do I do this? And, you know, if they have the time, they're allowed to do that. They can't tell you who to vote for. But they can show you how to do it right, fill it out correctly. Mm-hmm. We don't do well with special needs ballots because it's, it's like a triplicate carbon paper. Um, there's a lot of stuff you have to fill out in there and it's just, it's really designed to fail. And, and we brought that up with the state senate committee two weeks ago saying that the special needs ballot needs to be revamped because, you know, in, in August, 18 people uh, applied for the special needs ballot in district 38 and eight of them were rejected. I'm sorry, 13 people applied, eight were rejected. That was almost a 62% voter rejection rate for special needs. And it's supposed to be a convenience for people, elders and people with special needs to be able to vote from the comfort of their home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're, Having um, Get Out the Native Vote, this is the first time they've had a director, and I just started in March right when Mr. Young died. And I worked with the Division of Elections. I worked with the Lieutenant Governor's Office. And to some extent, I worked with the Postal Service. Hmm. Um That's still a big mystery to me, and I need to know more about it, and we need to know more about it. And that's what I challenge the, St- the Senate to do, is to invite the Postal Service to be part of these discussions, because they're in charge of over 200 way more i got to find out you know considering um southeast and and the Aleutians and and whatnot they need to be a part of our discussions because you know with the saturday election in june the june special primary yeah it was not all, all of our postal offices are open or have reliable hours and if people did drop or slip their envelopes in under the door or whatever conditions, you know, their their postal service was how they were operating, it wasn't hand-cancelled in time for the division to allow it to count. That was the second biggest reason why most ballots were rejected. So through no fault of our own, you know, a lot of our ballots, we went through the effort, we went through the trouble of voting, and it didn't count in the end, and that's what, you know, breaks my heart. Um, so f- for us, for Get Out the Native Vote, we want to we want to help with um, the chronic uh, election worker shortage. Mm-hmm. You know, it used to be our grandmas, our uncles, you know, our aunties did it for like 40, 40 50 years, and they're all retiring or too ill or they're moving, and we need a new generation of people stepping up to do election work. And it's only one day. It, it does involve four hours of training, mm-hmm. but it's only one day, and it's from, you know, 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., and, you know, there were some villages that we had to scramble to find, um, substitute workers. And it's a big responsibility. I appreciate that. But, you know, some, some communities only had like four hours of voting as opposed to a full day. But we still had good turnouts. So, you know, we, we, we want people to realize, you know, this, this can fit your subsistence way of life. You know, it's only one day of work, maybe a few hours of training. And you're doing a service to your community, and you're making their voices count. And translators, there's budget in the Division of Elections to hire translators because, you know, maybe the poll worker is getting overwhelmed with questions and there's a big line. So if there's translators there, that takes the weight off of that responsibility of the poll worker, and translators can give the elders and and other folks a comfort level with their voting experience, too.
0: Well, um, we're running out of time, but do you have anything um, else to say?
1: Yeah, you know, um, we're going to be coming to you throughout the year. Uh, We we have lessons learned with uh, the systemic barriers to voting, and most of it is, you know, pure geography. We have weather issues, air carriers. You know, we have uh, unreliable postal service. Um, A lot of these factors can hurt us. But if we still come out to vote, if we still try to make our voices heard, it's going to make a big difference. And, you know, the rest of the state saw something in, in someone like Mary Peltola in being a leader. Right. The rest of us can have a say in that, too, and we should. And we should take elections seriously, even if it isn't a presidential year. So this year we're going to work toward building this um, this groundswell of voter education and the the concept of civic duty. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll be prepared for the 2024 presidential election next year.
0: Great. Well, thank you for your time, Michelle. I really do appreciate it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wish I wish you and I could have talked a little bit more, but uh, I appreciate the time here today. And you get you can find us on Facebook. That's the most current postings that we ever put up. So uh, any questions you have, you can find us. Get out the native vote.
0: Great. Thank you very much. You have a good morning. Kriana. That's KYUK's Francisco Martinez Gueo and Michelle Spark. Join us tomorrow for a discussion with Dean of the School of Edu- Education at the University of Alaska Fairbanks. This is Coffee at KYUK. Catch up on old episodes by visiting kyuk.org. Or find KYUK on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your chosen source of podcasts.
1: That's coffee weekday mornings at 840. Catch up on old episodes by visiting KYUK.org. Or find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcast.